Church, how are we doing this morning? Hey, it's great to have you guys with us today. And over the next several weeks, here's my heart for us. Uh, many of us want to know what is God's will for our life. Or maybe you've asked the question, have I messed up God's will for my life? And that's one of the biggest questions that Christians struggle with. No matter how young or how old you are, you may think you're the only one that struggles with that. Like, am I in the will of God? Is this right for me? Um, you know, all these questions drive us. And what I want to do is help explain to you from several different angles about the will of God. And today I want to use a very familiar passage of Scripture, a very familiar verse, Romans 8.28. You can turn there now in your Bible, Romans 8.28. Um, well, my son would usually go and dismantle all of his Legos. He loved Legos. He still plays with them some. He's eight and a half. He's phasing out a little bit of that. But what he would do is this. We would work together in building these really intricate, um, you know, Lego Star Wars stuff. And it would be awesome and beautiful. But then he would want to dismantle it, not destroy it. He didn't crash it. Well, he'd want to dismantle it and then try to build his own thing. So we ended up, here's what happened, having this huge table I mean, it was huge of nothing but Lego pieces everywhere. And then he would see something online. He would say, hey, Dad, let's pull up this picture, and I think that we can actually, like, build this together. And I'm thinking, no, there's no way. <laughs> because we don't have all the, I mean, I, I know why, you know why, but, like, in his mind, like, we could take all those little pieces, all those random broken pieces are just dismantled, and we could create this ship out of it that's just beautiful, this Lego ship. Um, can I tell you what happened? It never happened because <laughs> we didn't have the right pieces, right? It was impossible. And so then eventually he realized that if he's going to build it, it's just not going to be perfect. It'll be what, you know, what he likes. But I, I opened that up today because I think so many times when we look at our life, our life looks like this big table of just Lego pieces everywhere. And we have this vision of what we believe our future should look like, or we have these desires of what we believe God wants our, our, our future to look like. And we look at all of it, and we say, we see this, we envision this, we have the scriptures tell us that this is what God has for us. I don't see any way that we can get from this to this. I don't see any way. And what I want to do today is show you how God can and will take all of these pieces and do what me and my son couldn't do. Make something very beautiful out of it. And in Romans 8, 28, um, when I share this passage, some of you already know it, your Bible scholars out there, right? It's probably, you've probably seen it stitched on a pillow. You've probably seen it on a mug somewhere. You've definitely seen it online somewhere. Somebody shared it. But uh, Paul is sharing to the church at Rome and being very encouraging to them in Romans 8 about something that's, and Romans 8 is one of the most doctrinally important passages and chapters of the whole Bible, especially the New Testament for us as believers. Because Paul helps them understand in Romans 6 and 7 about the, the sin nature. We have the sin nature that wants to do things that are wrong. We just do. And then he, he talks about the struggle with that and being sanctified and living for God. And then he comes to Romans 8. And he shares something with, those, with, with the people at Rome that Jews and Gentiles had never heard. It is that the Spirit of God dwells in every believer. And we can cry out to God, Abba, Father. He shows them this intimate view of who God is to them, the Father, who he is to us as believers. And in Romans 8, he then goes into what, what, you know, what can separate us from the love of God. And he goes through all of these things. And he talks about struggles and trials. And then he comes down to Romans 8, 28. And he shares this with the church at Rome. And I hope this encourages you today. And we're going to focus on this one verse today. He says, and we know 
that God causes everything to work together. Does he cause everything to happen? No, but he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, those are followers of Jesus, and are called according to his purpose for them. If we are going to in somehow, I say understand the will of God, we never will, but if we're going to somehow, some way, some shape, some form make sense of the Lego pieces of our life and what God can do with it, this is the one verse we have to understand. Because if you're like me, you may live with regrets, what you wish you would have done differently, what you hoped could have been. You live with the mistakes that you made. We've all made mistakes in here. Some have made big mistakes. Some have made small mistakes. As we look back at our life, we see these Lego pieces. And for some of you, can I tell you, it's collateral damage for you. You didn't make the mistake. Somebody made it, and you were hurt because of it. And no matter where you're at today, no matter how old or young you are, we are all in the same boat in this. I want to show you how God works in his will for our life. I want to help bring comfort to you. And the reason I picked this passage out and this, this verse, because he says this here, and this is, this is very confusing, but also encouraging. He says, we know that God causes everything to work, work together for the good. Have you ever been through a circumstance you're wondering, how can this ever be good? Like, I don't see any way this could be good. And, and when you look at this, you have to understand that this is the key to finding comfort when you don't understand God's will. Because the goal of this series is not going to be to help you to understand what the will of God is. And I'm telling you something, it's just child's play for God. Like, like we're like my son, again, trying to explain to him trigonometry. Could he understand it at eight and a half? No. Maybe your kid does, and they're well advanced, right? My son cannot. Under There's no way he could fathom it. Friends, when it comes to trying to understand and make sense of the will of God, we're the eight-year-old, and God's plans trigonometry. So what we have to do is begin to understand how to find comfort, how to, how to understand how everything fits together, how, how the Father works in that. And so if you have your notes handy, write this down, because this is very important about understanding God's plan for your life. And it's this, God's plan for God's people is always perfect, even when it's painful. God's plan for God's people is always perfect, even when it's painful. Why do I bring in painful? Because we often feel good about the will of God when things are all going right, don't we? Right, kids are acting right, marriage is good, finances are good. We're like, man, we're in the will of God. Doors are opening, everything's just perfect. But leave it to us human beings. The moment we interject suffering, then we're like, oh, God, I'm at your will. Why is this going wrong? Why is this going bad? And then we, we literally begin to, to think, there's no way that I'm in the will of God. And can I tell you that God's plan is, is perfect for God's people, even when it's painful. In the middle of pain, in the middle of suffering, his plan's still perfect. You said, yeah, Kevin, but I, but, but I made a mistake. Yeah, we all do. And in the plan of God, it's already baked in that you're going to make mistakes. He understands that we're, we're, we're fallible human beings. So the first thing you have to do, though, if you're going to find and understand your part in God's plan for your life and find comfort in that, the first thing you have to do, though, that word good, you've got to redefine what is good. 
redefine it. Now, I've said this before, but I'm, I'm, I'm to, I want to drive this home because I think so many times in our Americanized, westernized Christian view is that if we, we get the beautiful car, we get the great house, we get the great spouse, we get the promotion, then it is good. And God is good all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm blessed and highly favored. Right? That's how you feel. I mean, you come in church strutting like, yeah, man, I'm close to God. I'm highly favored. But the moment those things don't come through, we view those as bad. And I want to submit to you that some of the worst things that will ever happen to you are some of the best things that God can ever use for you. And if you've, it's just, that's that, somebody's clapping because they know that. Because you cannot control in your life, rarely can you control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. You can control what you do, and you have to redefine what is really good. Because again, God is, God's doing trigonometry and we're eight years old. We think good is just like what we understand earthly good things are. Think about the disciples with Christ. They could not understand. Like, they did, when they followed Jesus in their limited thinking, they never believed their rabbi, their Messiah, the, what, who they believed would be the king of Israel would die in crucifixion under Roman rule and government. They never believed that. To Jesus, that was good. He says, it's good that I go away. Meaning, it's good that I go get crucified. I'll be beaten to a complete bloody pulp. You won't recognize me. You're going to run for your life, scared to death and confused, and that's good. And they could, Peter's like, you'll never die. I'll, I'll make sure that never happens, right? And he's the first one to jet. They could not understand what good was. And Jesus was saying, this is going to be good. And they're like, no, 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 this will be the worst thing ever if this happens. Because all of our dreams and our, our beliefs will be crushed. So you have to redefine what is good. That's the first thing. So when something bad happens to you, I don't wish bad things. We don't want bad things. We're, we're not masochists, right? But here's what we do understand. That could be a very good thing for you when that happens, if you're able to respond correctly. And here's what you have to do and understand is this. Here's the next thing I want you to write down. Look at the holistic work of the Holy Spirit in the whole of every circumstance. The holistic work of the Holy Spirit in the whole of every circumstance. All we see is the page and possibly the chapter. But the Holy Spirit sees the book of your life. He sees the future. God knows the future. We're stuck on page, you know, 78. And we're saying, man, this is terrible. What's happened is horrible for me. And, and the Holy Spirit's like, just, just hold on, bud. The, book, the chapter's not even finished yet. And you've got a whole book to go. And if you'll redefine what is good and look at the holistic work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, has it, I heard this said before, and it's one of the most powerful verses ever. That's me. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? I'll let it sink in just for a second. Daylight savings time, I understand. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? That you wake up and your tires flat. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And God's like, oh, yeah, I'm here with you. I knew it. The foreknowledge of God in those things. So he has not been out of shape about the things that you're been out of shape about in your current moment, in your current situation. Because it's the Holy Spirit does a holistic work. And can I tell you, Romans 8, 29, which I didn't read, is why all this matters. Because to conform you to the image of Christ, anything that conforms you to the image of Christ is good. 
and understand that the Holy Spirit is not about just giving you comfort. God's not just about blessing you, making you feel good, everything work out perfectly. God is about conforming you to the image of Christ so the world can see Christ in you. And so the holistic, amen. So the holistic work of the Holy Spirit in your life is not just about doing good things for you. God's not your butler. He's the potter and we're the clay. And the holistic work of the Holy Spirit is shaping us and molding us for the purposes of God to conform us to the image of Christ. And here's what you have to understand about, about God's plan. God's plan for, uh, for each of us is a tapestry instead of a timeline. Some of you don't know what a tapestry is. A tapestry is a beautiful work of art that's woven with all these different threads and yarns. It's beautiful. And you go look at it, and it's amazing. But if you flip that thing around and I showed it to you, it's like a complete mess. All these different things intersecting and weaving and going, and you're like, wow. See, we often think God's plan and will is a timeline. We get from point A to point B to C to D to E. And then we think linear. And God's like, no, I'm going to take you to point A, then you'll get to point B and C, and then I'm going to be back to A again. Then I think we're going to jump to H real quick. You wonder what's you wonder what what the H is going on, right? You're an H, right? <laughs> Joking. And then God's will bring you back to see again. And it's God's plan for us is not this little cute perfect timeline that you can easily mess up with just a mistake and just a bad decision. You, I think we put way too much emphasis on how important we really are. When God the whole time's like, yep, I can use that. Yep, I'm going to work that. Yep, okay, that's fine. No, 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 I understand. Yep, yep. You, you got, humans have always made bad decisions. Remember the Garden of Eden? I can work this. I can work that. And then when he flips it around, you look at, the, at your life in reverse. You're like, man, that's beautiful. How the Lord worked in that. If you will sit down with a saint who has some gray hairs and who is mature, who's been in church for a while and in the Word, that's how they view life. They'll tell you about a really tough time and say, oh, Lord, honey, that, no, that was beautiful. That was one of the best times of my life. The best times. Because it's all about being conformed to the image of Christ. And that's what God's plan for us is like. It's not just a timeline to get through things or to-do list. It's a tapestry that's woven. But here's what I see often, and here's what scares me as a pastor. And if you don't get this, here's what happens. If we don't understand God's correlating power, then we will crumble. And I see that all the time. People get hit with stuff they never thought they'd get hit with. Blindsided. Never saw it coming. And when that happens, they crumble. Their faith crumbles. They can't understand why. They don't understand. They just can't understand. Right? It's all about understanding. They're the eight-year-old. God's working on them. They, they want to understand the cancer. So, so many people give up on their faith. And if you don't understand the correlating power of God where he can work all things and bring it together and weave it and do this and do that, if you don't understand that God will make something beautiful out of the brokenness, if you don't understand that God can take even your past bad decisions and use those for his glory, if you don't get that, you're going to crumble. And your faith will not be a strong faith that's built and that's growing. It will crumble. God can take a mess and make something beautiful out of it. I want to encourage you in that because some of you today are looking at your life saying, yeah, it's like a big bunch of Lego pieces and I just don't know how God can take this and make this. I feel like a mess. Look what I've done. Look what I've been through. Look what this person did to me. I've lost everything. I don't know what your story is. But God's correlating power is greater 
than the crumbling issues you've been through. Matter of fact, I want to talk to you about a literal crumbling, if I can, for a moment. I'll never forget, several years ago, I was working out on Saturday morning, and Keith Rao, your campus pastor, called me. Now, why do I say that? Because Keith rarely calls. <laughs> Keith's a text message person. If Keith calls you, something bad has happened. So I looked at my phone, realized I called him back. He said, man, we had a mess happen last night at Churchill campus. He said the whole front of the building got ripped off. Like not, the, not like the structure, but all the bricks up front were completely just ripped off. And I was like, are you serious? Yes, it's everywhere. And so we have a picture of that. If you want to pull down the screen, we can, we can put down the screen here. Uh, some of you may have remembered this here. Um, and so you see that the, the, up here, they don't have all, all the bricks and stuff, but the very bottom picture, that's, that's what was before, right? And, you know, it was all put together after the whole front of the building. And there was a pile of bricks as tall as this here all everywhere. I mean, it was just a mess. And so we had to actually, if you were here then, we had to walk you all the way down to this exit sign and circle you back through and come in. And it was a mess. And we're wondering, what in the world? We're thinking, how do we keep guests that want to come at the wall? See a big pile of bricks in the front of the thing. Got to walk all the way around and then come in. And it was something we could not imagine. And what was, well, here's the thing. We wanted to always replace the front because it was, I mean, if you, if you, that picture you saw, it looked kind of like, like that old, you know, the old awning, the old metal awning and all that. And, but we just had the money. That's a lot of money. And we didn't know the bricks were compromised. We didn't know that all of that underneath had rusted out. So we could have put a new awning on, and guess what? It got ripped off too. And so when all that happened, here's the beautiful thing. Insurance paid for that and more for us not only to fix that, but to redo our nursery as well. And in the moment, though, can I tell you, we were freaking out. We were freaking out. The nursery couldn't be used, I mean, because it was part of the front of the building, and we, it was a set. I mean, we were like, and this is on a Saturday, y'all. Like, we, guys, if you work at church, you get one day a week, you get one day, it's Saturday. You better hope nothing bad happens on Saturday. <laughs> and it did. And I want to tell you that many times in our life, we get that call. Many times in our life, we have the thing crumble right in front of us. And we're wondering, man, how's this ever going to work out? And we went through all the insurance things, and then we went through all the contractors. It was a mess that we went through. But after all of that, the front of that building is beautiful now. And I want to tell you, that's what God will do with our life if we submit to Christ, surrender to Christ, and understand the correlating power of God, that he will take a mess of Legos, a pile of bricks, and he can make something beautiful out of it. But here's what you have to do for you, all right? Here's what you have to do. Write this down. This is the key to all of this. You must believe the best when you are at your worst. I'm telling you, um, I get the unique opportunity to celebrate with people, right? It's, I love it. When a baby's born or you know, they get a promotion, they tell me. But I also have the, um, the privilege. I leverage my time wisely. I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm you know, very busy like all the rest of you, but... When I get to walk with tragedy with someone, when I have to sit with them and hear stories that think, you wouldn't believe. If I told you the stories of what people go through, you would think, man, th there's no way this would happen to somebody. And 
what I, what I have to tell them, them is this, and I'm trying to convince them, because they see this mess sitting there in front of them, and they're like, I don't know, I, I don't see any way out of it. I said, you've got to believe the best when you're at your worst. You have to. Because if I tell you this, nobody else can do that for you. Now, how do you believe your best? You believe in the correlating power of God. You believe in Romans 8, 28, that when the mess happens, when the crumble happens, you look and you say, you cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you don't believe that, nobody else can believe that for you. There's no amount of sermons, there's no amount of worship that will ever create that belief in you. You've got to do that. And there is something powerful about our faith. I don't understand exactly how it works, but Jesus said that he couldn't do many mighty miracles in one town because they just didn't believe. Jesus believed, but they didn't believe. And you have to activate your faith to, faith to believe the best about God and to believe the best about his plan for you, even when you're at your worst. Here's how you do that. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances. How many? And you're thinking, how, how, how can I be thankful in this? Maybe you're going through it right now. Because of Romans 8.28, he works all things together for the good of those who love him or are called according to his purpose. I mean, how? How am I thankful? Paul didn't say be thankful for everything. He said be thankful in everything. In the middle of everything, be thankful for it. How can I be thankful, Kevin? Because our good God will take that mess and make something powerful out of it. And look what he says next. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you want to know the will of God for your life? He says it right there. That's the will of God. You're like, really? It's there. That's what Paul said. Okay, I'm going to read it again. Maybe I missed it. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. To be thankful in all circumstances. Why would I ever be thankful for this thing that happened to me? The only way you can do that is if you understand the correlating power of God and believe that. That you who belong to Christ Jesus that God will cause everything to work together for the good of those. who. That's the only way you can. Some of, you, some of you have never experienced that. You've never been thankful in all circumstances. Because in all of those circumstances, God is shaping you and he's molding you to conform you to the image of his dear son. God is not interested in just blessing you. He's not interested in just giving you promotions and opening doors up, giving you favor. That is a, a sick, twisted Western mindset that you don't find in Scripture. You, you won't find it in there. Oh, yeah, you can find a little verse here and there, pull things. Go, go ahead and proof text and, 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 and you know, do, go, go ahead and read the Bible incorrectly. Go ahead. That makes you feel better. What you will find, though, you'll find people like the Apostle Paul who suffered greatly at the hands of evildoers, but in those circumstances understood God's correlating power. And that's how they found comfort, not understanding why about everything. They understand who about everything. The first two, it was Jesus to conform them to the image of Jesus. Amen? And that's what God's doing in you. Romans 8, 28, let me read that one more time. He says, and we know, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. 
Some of the worst seasons of my life have been the best seasons of my life. The, I'm, I'm telling you, if I, if I sat down and told you, actually, don't tell me that you're sorry for me. I'm thankful because of Romans 8, 28. Because out of all that, I've been conformed more to the image of his dear son. And I'm thankful because at the end of the day, that's the heart of a Christ follower. What's the will of God for my life? To be conformed to the image of his dear son. Well, how do I do that? Be thankful in every circumstance you encounter. Well, how am I thankful in every circumstance? Because Romans 8, 28 tells us that God works all things together for the good of those who love them and are called according to his purpose. Amen. That's how you get there. And so you must believe this. I'll leave you with these four thoughts today, which is this. Number one, he works. You must believe that he works. Synergize is a Greek word. He works. I mean, see, synergy. He, he brings it all together. He works. What circumstance are you in right now that you believe in that God's not working in? Well, I can't see it, Kevin. It doesn't matter. You're not God. You're not going to be able to see it. He works right now in your circumstance. For you that are watching online, there's some of you right now that you cannot believe that God's actually working. You may even feel that God is absent. I don't know who this is for, but I really sense this. God's working. He's working. So you must believe that he works. The second thing is this, all things. You must believe all things. No, 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 that's bad, Kevin, because, you know, and, and, and this happened. That. No, 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 no. It's all part of the Lego box. It's all, the, it, it's all part of it. It's like Top Chef when they give these guys all this stuff that we would never eat, Right? And they got to make something beautiful, and they come out and it's like this really beautiful plate of food. That's what God does for us. All things. How many? All things. He works all things, and you got to believe together. They're not compartmentalized. This happened in, in 1986, and this happened in 2015. All of that's part of a beautiful story of a tapestry that God is weaving to conform you to his son. And finally this morning, you have to believe that he works all things together for good, for good, for good. N not our definition of good. Our definition, remember our definition, the working definition is, our definition of good is um, I have material possessions that are really great. That's our limited, terrible definition of good. His definition of good for Christ's followers is being conformed to the image of his son. And why is that? Because people need to see Jesus in our life. They need to see the Son of God. You've heard this said before, and I know it's simplistic, I'll say it again. You may be the only gospel they ever read. No pressure. And if you understand through all the circumstances of your life that happen, that God will use those and shape you if you'll submit to him during them. I know you don't understand. You know, I've been through situations in my life where I literally have said this to God. You failed. Congratulations, God. I said it. Satan won. You failed. Way to go. That's what I said to him. No, I wasn't clapping for the sermon. I was just like, that's what I was, I was telling God. Way to go. And, and I quoted these verses back to him in my pain. Angry at my heavenly father. He's okay with that. He's not scared of your anger. Read the Psalms. <laughs> And can I tell you on the other side, I look back and I'm like, you did not fail. You never fail. 
You worked all things together for the good of those. You, I, I am conformed now more to the image of your dear son and closer to you than I ever would have been without the circumstance. That was, a, that was good. But no, no, it's bad. No, 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 that was good. He works all things together for good. I want that to sink into your heart. Why only one verse this week? Because we I, I want you to live that one verse out this week. That you can quote that back to your children, quote that back to your family. No matter what you're going through, you can continually just say that to each other. Oh, no, 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 we know that. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Father, this morning we come to you. And it's beyond our comprehension to understand your will for our life, God. It's your plan for our life. It's way beyond our pay grade, God. God, this morning we humbly submit to you and believe that you will take the mess, the pieces that we don't know how they're going to work together and you're going to put them together for something beautiful. I pray for those right now, Lord God, who are stuck on page 78. They can't see the next page or the next chapter and they're hurting, they're in pain. I pray that, Lord, you, that they, number one, they would submit to you, and number two, they would see in the future, look back on that chapter and that page and say, no, 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 that was good. If it wasn't for that, I would not have been transformed and changed the image of Jesus. I pray that will be the testimony. And God, may all of us in here believe Romans 8, 28. And may we also live out 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, to be thankful in all circumstances. Christ Jesus concerning you. I pray that that will be our testimony. This morning as we're praying church, whether you're in here physically or online, you may be someone who walked away from your faith. It may have been because something bad happened to you that you didn't understand. For some of you who've never surrendered to Jesus, today is your day, right where you're sitting. If you want to give your life to Jesus, make heaven your home, and come into a relationship with your Heavenly Father, pray this prayer after me. You say, God, I admit I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. So I surrender my life to Jesus. I repent of my old life. I give you my whole life. For I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose again on the third day. I believe he's the Son of God. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord. Now help me to live my whole life for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate everybody who made that decision today. Amen.